folks, and welcome back to the Football for 90 podcast. I'm Aaron, and today we're discussing next week's Champions League semifinals. I think we've got a good mix of teams here. Um, there have been a few shocks, and then as well as a few of the favorites. Um, not a great mix for me as a Manchester United fan, but um, I guess we've got to talk about these fixtures. So I'm welcomed by two of my best buddies, Michael Nazarian and Alex Collings. You guys want to say hi really quick? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Yeah, some exciting stuff for sure to be discussing in this next round for semifinals. Good to be on you. Um, yeah, let's get going. Sounds great. All right, we're going to start with Liverpool versus Villarreal. Um, I think the last we spoke about Villarreal in the pod was Alex and I both not liking Villarreal, while Mike was pretty optimistic about them. Um, and it looks like, unfortunately, Alex and I might have to hold that. Uh, <laughs> Villarreal have been pretty good since then. Knocked out Juventus with a 3 0 win. Just, and in my defense, at least, at least I said he would, they would make it out of the, the group stages, unlike, unlike a certain member of this trio. That's true. So, I'll, I'll take that. That's true. I I'll, I have to hold that twice on Villarreal <laughs> because I thought Atalanta would beat them, and then I thought Juventus would beat them, and then I thought Bayern would beat them. No, but to be fair, I also I also now, thought Bayern would beat them too. But like, I'm not. Listen, I'm. It's one L for Mikey, yeah, two I mean, L's I for Bayern me, the... three L's for Aaron. That's how we're sharing this out. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad we we took the time to to sit down and clarify that. But okay, I think I think now I would be pretty happy if they went on to shock me again and beat Liverpool, who might be the favorites for the rest of the competition. So I'm gonna start there, Michael. Do you think Liverpool are the favorites and? What do you think of them in their form right now? Uh, you know, from the beginning of the season, like I guess I didn't think they'd be as neck and neck with City. I thought City would walk the title, and I still think City will probably come away with the title. But at this point, since it's so close, it really could go either way. Um, they've also just kind of like re- they've kind of regained all the ground they seem to have lost, if not like might be even better than like the previous seasons when they were really dominant when they did win the league when they did win the champions league just because of the additions with guys like jota and luis diaz now as well konate we talked about a little bit before the pod um i think liverpool is probably my favorite for this tournament and particularly in this matchup i I like them quite a bit um and i can get into that a little bit later i guess when we discuss that into, into some more detail but i do think that right now they just seem like the most dangerous team to play against uh, I guess from their previous stuff though, I, I was surprised to be honest that like, you know they did have the, you know they won six four on aggregate, but they conceded three you know it was three three in the second leg against Benfica. Um, so like I, I was like I didn't know what to make of really the, the 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 kind of like you know letting up three goals, but it was kind of job done at the end of it anyway because they went up I want to say six two at one point and they just let up the goals I guess like maybe got a little complacent stuff. So I'm not too worried about it, but yeah I do think Liverpool are probably favorites um, for this. Well, they're definitely, I think, the, for sure, the most shoo-in for the final out of these semifinal fixtures. Obviously, they seem to have the easiest matchup in that regard. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the final, we'll see. Um, I, I do think they're the favorites, especially if Riago through, but that's different. I, I want to talk a little bit about the matchup in a, in a few minutes, but the first thing I'm going to ask you is, I'll, I'll go to Alex for this one. Um, I... Definitely watched Liverpool's game earlier this week. They looked really good against Manchester United. Um, how much of that do you think was United being dysfunctional versus Liverpool just being a really well-oiled machine? Um, multiple world-class cameos across the pitch. 
Um, especially, I think, some amazing con- contributions from Mane, Salah, Thiago Alcantara. Um, how, how much do you think is of that is Liverpool just being extremely dominant? And I think... Uh, how much of it is, is not? Probably, I mean, I think you do start off saying that Man United aren't exactly in the best sort of way at the moment, so obviously that makes it a lot easier. But, I mean, it's also it's very easy just to say it was just Man United falling apart. I mean, I think Liverpool have been in an incredible run, like, on an incredible run recently. And it just looks like they're getting better from an offensive point of view. I also think Kanate's coming through quite well. Um, he's kind of... I mean, I know partly his name is out there because he's been scoring a lot of goals, but I think he's also... He's kind of becoming that, like, all-consuming guy who just, like, eats up balls over the top. So I think I think... Basically, what we're seeing, and I mean, Thiago's been on an amazing run of form in the last few months. I think what you're seeing is like the signings from last season and the season kind of gelling in. I mean, Luis Diaz has been immediate in that instance. So I think, and I agree with Mikey actually speaking about maybe not necessarily like I would say their attackers together, the three of them, if you say their front three, I wouldn't necessarily say it's maybe at the peak of what peak um, when we had Sadio. Firmino and Salah over a season but I think what is true is that probably that added depth that they never had before just makes them a lot more dangerous I mean when you see guys like Jota trying to get minutes off the bench so see I think it's a bit of both to be honest I mean I think Man United did make it easy for them and I don't think it was a great matchup and I think watching the game you guys kind of fell apart like you guys looked demotivated in the second half of both halves. I think it was actually exactly it was if usually I feel like you can weigh it one way or the other. This game I think was exactly 50-50 where it was United made it easy for them but also Liverpool were at their best where it looked like it was too easy for them because they were playing so on top of everything. The way and they were re- they the- only had that 20 minute period in the beginning of the second half where they like really like slowed down a little bit but they the way they were winning, their counter-press was... I mean, Klopp even said after the game, he goes, it might be the best I've seen us counter-press like, previously and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think where I was really impressed with Liverpool is... I don't think United are, are good right now at all. This is among the worst I've ever seen them. Um, surprisingly, not the worst this season, but among among it, mm-hmm. it's up there. And I think where I was really impressed was United sort of had a lot of injuries to players who I would say improved the physical capability of the side. And that's helped in recent years against Liverpool. Um, in particular, Fred and McTominay are huge misses. But without them, Liverpool just completely like overran United physically. Like they were winning every yeah. single duel. Yeah. Um, and and just absolutely dominating. Like there were attacks where United couldn't get anywhere near. And that just felt like capability of players. Like it didn't feel like um I mean, obviously Klopp is a more experienced coach at this level with a more established record than Rangnick in recent years. But I, it felt like they just also had much better players and much better fitness and much better form. And to be able to create that level of advantage at the top level is always impressive to me. Um, my last question about Liverpool before we talk about Villarreal a bit. Um, I think Mike kind of... Um, he, he kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier was that it seems like, I think in Liverpool's peak in the 2018, 2019, the, the back-to-back Champions League finals era, um, their their side was kind of defined by three very, very dominant players up front who ate up minutes. Um, Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, and, uh, and Firmino. And now it feels like they're kind of moving with five attackers who are playing regular minutes and... Um, 
and able to step in and make impacts depending on the match. Um, Mike, how do you how do you feel that having five attackers as opposed to those three dominant ones has changed the way Liverpool is set up as a side and uh, and shape up going into different matches? Well, I think that's the key in the sense that it makes them just tactically a lot more flexible, right? Like, although that staple front three of Mane, Salah, Firmino were so good that they could kind of take on any team like if you're so good as a as a, as an organized unit then like you can stick to your principles of play not have to maybe waver too much um to to be able to be effective against other teams but this just kind of adds another dimension to their game where they can vary it in so many different ways um like i mean i think we talked about it mane was playing down the middle and he's not necessarily like it, it like usually you wouldn't have expected I, i've seen in previous seasons salah playing down the middle and if it's and this is i think like one of the few times i think recently we've been seeing mane down the middle which is like and i think that's only as a result of like for example luis diaz coming in now and and it worked clearly very well Absolutely. so point being that yeah. like it's only additional threat and kind of like ways that can vary their attack to maintain the competitive edge they already have in such a high level system so it, it there's quite literally and obviously the the key to that being that they're so excellent at recruiting these top players right like it's not like i don't think it's coincidence that they bought luis diaz for 50 million and he's been amazing and they bought jota for 40 million or whatever and he's been amazing and stuff like that like clearly liverpool just know what they're doing in their recruitment right um, I think if anything, the only thing is it changes a little bit in terms of like an admin type thing. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Does Liverpool maybe then move on from Salah if he's asking for too much money because they feel confident in their ability to replace him and still be effective without him? You know, that's the, that I think, but in terms of actual ability and effectiveness in game, they can vary now and match up to the opponents to exploit their weaknesses a lot more easily. Um, and that's the kind of added benefit it just makes an already dangerous team way more versatile. Absolutely. I think we could do a whole episode on the Sala situation and the state yeah. of contracts in football. Um, but I but I want to talk about one of the most exciting managers right now. Um, Unai Emery. Alex. Um, going into the round of 16, we talked about Unai. Yeah, I know. It, you guys knew I was going to say Emery. The, the Klopp thing, the, the fake out didn't work, but it's fine. Um, Unai Emery, we were talking about him going into the round of 16, and we talked about how his style is very, very... I think uh, cowardish is the word you were using. Let's go with I pragmatic. I think cowardish is the word The word Alex uses cowardly. I'm going to choose the word <laughs> pragmatic. Um, and Alex, I don't think, in fairness to Alex, I don't think he discredited the potential of Villarreal to win games. He just said that they might have been able to do more in that specific game if they had taken a more um free attacking approach but i think i also said and you guys agreed that that level of that type of approach when you perhaps have disadvantages on paper compared to other teams at this level which i would say villarreal do um it is a very useful way of of coping with that level of disadvantage and emery's won i think four europa leagues in the last 10 years um he's a seasoned cup coach and He's going to have to do it again now uh, after knocking out Juventus and Bayern. So talk to me a little bit about that. So how can Villarreal use their current style to I'm, help bridge I that I mean, gap? first of all, if I can put up a, a minor defense of myself. Um, 
is that I, I remember when we spoke about this and when I called him a coward was right after that first leg versus um, Juve. Juventus, and, where you felt they should have won. Yeah, I just felt the game was there, there for the taking and that he wasn't he wasn't making changes that would have made them the protagonists in that match as much as he loves to use or loved to use at Arsenal, that idea of being the protagonists. And I think I've always given him his credit, at least in terms of setting up underdog teams versus bigger sides. I mean, two of my favorite matches, probably the two favorite matches when he was an Arsenal manager would be the Spurs 4-2, I think it was, and then the 2-0 versus Chelsea. Both times we set up very reactively, but just how specific his sort of tactics are, and I think he's a good tactician in a reactive sense, um, just meant that, you know, he was able to to predict things very well. And I think that's what you often, what you've seen from him over time and time again over his whole career. And that's why he has, what, four Europa Leagues to, to his name, right? Um, and I think that'll probably set him up well against Liverpool again. This time I feel like it's not going to work, but I also didn't think that they were going to beat Bayern. So, so I guess we'll see. I mean, I think it's a tougher challenge for Liverpool then maybe it feels like. But I'm also saying that very much because yeah. they just beat Bayern and I didn't so expect So actually... Don't, don't get me wrong. I think Liverpool are favourites, but I do think Villarreal could have a shot here. And that's mainly because of exactly what you said there. Like, I think... I, I didn't actually get to watch the Villarreal-Bayern game, but what I suspect is what happened is Villarreal got the first goal and then it became very difficult for Bayern to commit numbers without giving away chances on also, the counter because Villarreal are so well the thing, organized. The, the one thing I will add is I think Bayern were just quite arrogant in the way that they played very... I, I mean, I don't think they played a good strategy over the two legs, even after going behind. you know what I mean? I think I think there was this idea from Nagelsmann that they were going to blow them away at some point and they left themselves quite open at the back n- numerous times, actually. Um, and I think that's something that Klopp's not going to do. Liverpool are far more protective in that sense and also have center backs that are much better at defending space so i think i think that is one aspect where it'll be different um just purely it sounds silly to say but almost the respect given to to Villarreal compared to i, I think i also think though like matchup wise though i actually would say that like if there's any team though i would favor against defeating the type of way villarreal play it's liverpool i wouldn't even take city over like i think for villarreal their worst matchup would have been liverpool out of any of the teams even if city was an option for example personally and i think that comes down to the fact that uh, i actually don't think any team uh i actually think liverpool are the best team at breaking down a low block because they seem to be able to have sustaining pressure has just been so amazing with them um particularly in recent form and on top of that i just have never seen a team so capable of being direct in their settled possession around the box and still consistently being so effective like city are not nearly as direct obviously they're effective but it's a lot more intricate because they have to they circulate i think a lot more i think liverpool has the direct thing because they I don't yeah, agree I mean, personally i think i think city so let me tell you why okay, i don't I'll let, agree. I'll let... i think city are so yeah, I think City are so effective, and and we're obviously we're we're picking like we're nitpicking here because these are two of the best teams I've ever seen. But I think City are so good at preventing transitions and just suffocating teams, and they're so much more efficient with how they use possession. Like I think Liverpool are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of what a lot more of what they do than City is like let's get the ball into good areas, and then create 
difficult situations. Whereas City are so methodical in how they break teams down with every single little thing that they do. I just think over... And I think it shows in the metrics as well. Like, over time, they're really good at just holding the opposition at arm's length. Like, I always imagine it like when you when someone's first teaching you, like, martial arts, you have that thing of, like, they'll hold the kid's head from, like, an arm's length away, and the kid Wait, will be, so like, you're speaking from the point of, like, you. a limiting transition. I'm talking about just purely breaking down an, uh, the no, but, in the box. Wait, 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 wait. I think, but I think, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. Because I think being able to buy yourself as much time as possible to break teams down by just suffocating everything they try to do. Like if you can buy relief periods against a team that is, it becomes way easier to defend in a low block and city are just so good at, at preventing you for doing that for 90 minutes. But let's, but hold on like, before I get into that, I do think there have been games this season where Liverpool have struggled against a good organized defense. And I think an example that I was going to ask you about Mike um, was the, the draw with Chelsea, where Chelsea had that was so in early into half. the season. I think that was. A, I, I think Liverpool is complete. So you think they've um, been very much? So. I think they've just gotten it together. I think they've like so. So I think. Well, granted, I think Chelsea has gotten worse since then. To be honest, as well. But uh, I think that's like a that was like a one off example. I have not seen Liverpool struggle that way since that game. If I'm being honest, and I think a lot of that has to do like a lot of that has to do with I think they they've gotten a lot of their kind of parts and pieces like. Um, a little more settled. They've also had made made addition with Luis Diaz himself. I think Thiago this season has been a big, big help too, where he's kind of really come into his own. They've found the utility in him. Yeah. Konate's now become a little bit more of a regular feature too. I think that's helped. He's like, but Matip is obviously also an excellent option. I do think they've improved. I do. I don't think, see them struggling. I will. Well, say, I will. Say, I like, think you've. I think you've nailed Mikey, it there. I agree that. Hold on. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I think. I was I gonna think, say. I think you've. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. You're the. You're the. <laughs> Sorry. I think you've nailed it there with the players you mentioned because I think Tiago adds a level of uh, a level of that possession yeah. control that City have that Liverpool didn't have before, and I think Diaz and Jota add this. Jota adds the striker movement against a deep block, which I think Firmino does somewhat, but you end up splitting it across the front three, whereas Jota is like a. I'm going to break down this block yeah, type striker, for sure. which is nice. And then Diaz is the is the winger who is going to be tricky. So you have three wingers who can who can beat you in a dribble, and then you have a, stri- a natural striker, and you have a pressing forward who can make plays, and that gives you a nice range. And then you have a midfield that can Yeah, control, I just think Liverpool can do I think things that's a little true. more easily with guys like Trent and whatever, and then on top of that, like, that's what I'm talking about. So like Jota, Mane, for, it's, it's so funny too because... You can cross the balls. The, sorry, you can cross the ball into the box and not have you know traditional six foot five whatever target men and still be like so effective because of how good their system is at creating a opportunities for them to cross after like moments of sustained pressure and b movement in the box. Like the, I think it's not a coincidence that they use crossing to such a high level in a less traditional sense and yeah. are so effective at it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I want to give Alex a chance to make his point because I interrupted him earlier. And after you make your point, um, give me what you think Villarreal's chances of of making this tie happen. Oh, no, I was just saying. I think I think we've got to the point where we're we're speaking very much. I mean, I think everything Mikey's saying about Liverpool's ability to carve teams apart in low blocks is true. It's just City are better at that, and I think City also City are very good at. Get, at just like imposing that dominance against teams and not even giving them a sniff that I don't think I don't think Klopp on a system 
systematic level, tactical level, has ever really achieved. And I think it's one of the things that has made the city side so what people kind of find is almost like, you know, that they just choke the life out of games because they're so good at containing their opponents. And I think it's those sort of moments where they aren't contained that, that Emery's side will rely on and did rely on against Bayern, right? So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be... I, I really struggle. I'd be very surprised if I saw if I see Villarreal win it. I don't think it's obviously impossible in these games. Like this is when you're when you're in these knockout ties, anything can really happen, right? That's why Villarreal are here. I don't think they're they're comparable on a normal sense of quality with Bayern, but they beat them, right? Um, so yeah, ah, uh, you know, it, it. I think it's gonna be livable. I guess as much as as much as it can be. Okay. <laughs> All right, and Mike, really quick. Yes, Villarreal. Uh, I mean, I definitely have Liverpool. To the I final? definitely have Liverpool winning this. I mean, like, I, like I was saying, I, I think I'm higher on Liverpool, obviously, uh, between the three of us. Um, and I think that'll be further touched on, I guess, when I talk about City as to to why when we get into that in the next part too. So yeah, for sure, Liverpool. But I do again. I I think I was also higher on Villarreal than you two as well. I do give them their credit, like against Bayern Munich. Excellent game played. That second in the second leg, that goal Chiquese scored in the 88th minute. If, I don't know if you guys watched it back. That was one of the like it was a beautiful transition. It was a very high level transition. It was terrible amazing. defending too. But to, no, but but like they really. All right, all right. I think yeah, I got to call time okay. on this. But uh, go look up Chiquese's goal and decide whether it was excellent. It was both. It, it was both. Or... It was both. But Alex just doesn't okay, want to okay. give Emery. Sorry. His Alex yeah. doesn't allow me my clickbait. No, um, I think, yeah, I, I, I think Liverpool win it too. I think Villarreal have a better chance than Benfica. And I think you guys are going to enjoy our discussion on City versus Real Madrid when we come right back. Welcome back. That break was about five seconds long, so Alex and Mike are still pretty tired. Um, please forgive them for the takes they're about to present. We're talking about Man City versus Real Madrid in the second half here. And um, I guess we already kind of bled into the City discussion while talking about Liverpool there. So we talked about how great they are at breaking down a low block. Um, Against Real Madrid, they're going to be tasked with, I think, a lot of possession and having to do that while also defending transitions against probably two of the most informed attackers in Europe. So... They've shown vulnerability at times this season, but I think overall they look quite strong. Um, Mike, what do you think about City's recent form and uh, and their ability to achieve what Chelsea and PSG haven't been able to do so far? So I want to preface this obviously by saying for sure Liverpool and City are the top two teams. I just think I'm a little bit lower on City as of late than I am for sure um, Liverpool. I definitely... Uh, understand in terms of the, I guess one of the, touching on some of the stuff you guys talked about in terms of their ability to to um, suffocate opponents in terms of not even giving them um, chances or, or or periods of possession to even create transitions. For example, that exists. I think the one thing I guess in this comes into the Atletico Madrid game that they played. I was just a little disappointed. Um, the first leg was a little different. The first leg, I was disappointed in their ability. They they definitely had control. No one's denying that. I just felt like. Um, they couldn't have their way with Atletico Madrid as easily as I maybe would have anticipated, but it originally came down to I would have started Foden. I would have expected Foden to have started in the first leg. Once he came in, he did make the difference because I just think they needed someone to be able to receive between the lines and drive the way he did, and I'm 
I think that's exactly how they scored their goal, actually, in the first leg, personally. Um, but Alex, I know you're about to say something to, to, to probably disagree with me. But no, no, uh, go on, go on. No, no, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you have to say. No, I'm saying I'm saying there's a difference, right? I mean, I think I think this leg's obviously going to be close, and I kind of do feel. I, I mean, from a personal level, I want City to win it because I feel like pl- some of their players deserve it. I sure, think Pep yeah. deserves it, right? But I do think Liverpool match up well against City. I don't think that I don't think I think the two sides come up very equally against each other. The difference is that I think Liverpool are almost better suited against teams that can't use that can use individual quality against them and they can kind of just blast them through. I think City will struggle a bit more against Real Madrid. I think they would have had quite an easy time where their quality just outmatches Villarreal's and they can use those sort of su- superiorities, right? So uh, I just wanted to put that out there, but I mean, I think, I think it is going to be, I think it is going to be a difficult game just purely because rather than anything tactical or anything, I just think when you've got guys like Modric, Vinicius and Karim Benzema, these are the kind of guys that you need to kind of undo that city side. So, so I do agree that the individual side, like, I don't disagree that that's the case, but I will say systemically, I, I do think Atletico Madrid threw them for a loop for sure and more than I anticipated personally I was actually I just thought like they would just take control do another one nil the second game especially like okay yes they controlled the first half but like I think there was a lot and 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 yes they played like a little weirdly which I didn't like the way they played I know they tried to play differently to to like kind of get the job done type thing and I I honestly was not a fan of it I, uh, I I don't think they did a good job at it, and I think it actually put them at more of a risk, personally. Um, and if you watch back, particularly the second half, there were definitely chances for, for Atletico Madrid to score that they just didn't necessarily take. Um, so, for that, that being said, like the fact that A, they weren't able to put themselves in a more comfortable position offensively, and B, defensively, when they tried to do a tactical tweak... Um, weren't necessarily as assured as I would have expected them to be so if you are committing to such a game plan. I was a little disappointed with City as a result of that. That being said, I do think City will actually be, it, have an easier time against Madrid in scoring. I mean, I watched, obviously, the Chelsea game in, in Madrid. I, I think City will just do what we tried to do to them, but more effectively with less mistakes. Like, we definitely were the better team, in my opinion, over the like by the end of it where I think we deserve to go through but it's exactly what you said Alex where like there's just that crazy crazy weirdly consistent in those moments quality from guys like Modric Benzema even you know Vinny starting to show that as well like at his young age and stuff and 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 Rodrigo really had an excellent finish that that for some reason exists there's no denying it exists right now i mean i think a big part of it is just these guys have been playing football with each other for like yeah 10 years i mean it exists i can't can't deny it chris they've been playing each other with with there's just such strong associative play right that i think i mean tactics count for a lot but at the end of the day when when the players understand so deeply what each other is going to do it just makes a difference and then you add in guys like vinicius who just have an incredible ability just to, to to beat players in individually, it it just makes a massive difference. I mean, I I mean, also just to say, like I I didn't think I thought the biggest team that could have given City that sort of like, you know, that upset was Atleti because they just have a habit of doing that. I think Diego Simeone's also got very good game management, and yeah, I mean, I think it's also true what you said, Mikey. Like in the second half of the second game. City were very lucky to get away with that. I think people yeah. people saw that like Foden rolling around. They were like, "Oh, they've got the the shit house gene and everything." But actually, 
They were, they were, they came away lucky from that game. Yeah, so, I agree, one hundred percent. And I was high so, yeah. on city. I was talking shit to my friends. I was high on city. Like, <laughs> so I'm, uh, like this is me just being objective in terms of like I, I actually was saying the inverse. And I, I don't know, like game. if you. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch the game, but I think there was a lot of results based analysis on Atleti. Um, I think people tend to be less favorable towards a defensive system when it doesn't work because it feels like the. Uh, it feels like the defensive team didn't really have as many chances where they could have won the game. And I don't think that's a good way of looking at it. The way I see it is they limited Manchester City to one goal and not yeah. that much XG over two legs. Um, in the second leg, they outshot City. Um, the XG of their shots was pretty poor, but they still outshot City, which I mean, is something that I think probably happens once or twice in a season, and to in give a 60-game season. So... Mm. Yeah, just to give them their credit, even, like, I think in the second game, I mean, in the first half, everyone was kind of thinking, like, okay, well, you know, at some point you have to kind of attack City, and then they came out in the second half and did a really, really good job of that. I mean, I think that was you can plan, say, well, yeah. it, it wasn't enough in the end, but I think if you see the chances they created, they definitely deserved about one or two penalty shots. I mean, I think it was enough. It was just, it was just very insane. I mean, you can you can make that sort of criticism, but at the end of the day, they kept it tight versus City. They almost could have yeah. scored a goal right at the end there, like... I think, and I mean, City is the better team. I think, I think it just it it was a good game, and I mean, it was a good game from Atleti's point of view. Obviously, that's not what we should be talking about. We're we're looking at the semis. I don't think I don't so just to to maybe branch that. I don't think Carlo's gonna give um, Pep nearly as difficult a time from a. From I a completely level. agree. I, I totally mean, agree yeah. with that. So, firstly, I'll say um, in terms of Atleti. I was quite impressed with them in the second leg against Manchester United, which is the last one I watched. And I thought United were actually pretty good in that game. And and once Atleti scored, there was virtually no chance they were ever getting back into it because that's how they are. And that they didn't get that break against City, and City's obviously much harder to um, to give that break to teams. But ultimately, I think they're it, it's it's a it's a show of quality that they were able to get through that tie because it's a difficult one. Um, in terms of Real Madrid, I think I kind of have these bad flashbacks to the Manchester City versus Real Madrid game two years ago, where City kind of just walked over Zidane's Real Madrid, completely systematically destroyed there. And I, I don't see... Similar. I think Ancelotti's got um, enough out of this Real Madrid team to probably win La Liga, but I don't think it's from a place of heavy tactical drilling to play out of a press in, in a way that will be needed to prevent something like that from happening again. Um, I think one perhaps difference maker is the fact that in Benzema and Vinicius, Real Madrid have two players up front that are in unbelievable form. Um, Mike will have experienced this firsthand. Um, to, be, to be fair, Vini's kind of... I don't know though. I think it's still better than what well, they had no, in 2019. Well, no, he played really well. Yes, he played well yesterday too. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a couple but... chances and uh, he assisted the last goal. I think it was uh, Vasquez scored and stuff. Well, he, regardless, he, I think I think in that leg in 2020, they kind of had trouble getting back into it with the attacking quality that they had. Um, whereas this time, I don't think that's going to be a problem. If City give them a window to get back in, I think they're very likely to take it. Um, Talk I mean, I could that. touch on, I could definitely touch on Real a bit in the sense where it's like the goals we conceded for sure. I think, well, firstly, the goals we scored, very much so came down to like our best chance creation came from the press. Like from the beginning, I, I, I kind of it was pretty easy to clock that, and that ended so up. So they're having problems building, is what you're saying? 
Um, no, they're having, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't think they're an excellent buildup team in general. Like, I don't don't think I think Real's competencies lie in in a mid block that can transition with like really effective guys like, um, Modric, uh, like, and then, and then hitting guys like Vinicius and then finishing it off with people like Benzema. I think also Fetty Valverde playing right wing was actually like pretty, pretty, pretty good to be honest in in previous, um, uh, fixtures I'd seen him, uh, was a really good kind of, um, uh, um, whatever it is, uh, like adjustment, uh, previously to what they were doing. So I, I do think buildup is, I think they're fine. I, I don't think, but I think against a good pressing team, they're not good, like at it for sure. They're definitely not like a high level team at it at all. I, but I just don't think that's the way they should play either. Um, cause it's just not where their competition But I guess, lie. I guess my question is, do you think Chelsea specifically caused them issues? Because I think, well, I think I when we're on Chelsea our press, we do a good job same. at it. So yeah. Okay. Cause we yeah. had Werner, we had Werner mounted Havertz. And that's a really good front three for pressing. Well, I think I think City will will throw something similar at them, which is why I'm kind of asking. I think oh, one hundred percent. So what? I I that's why I think they w- I think they will for sure. Um, in terms of saddle possession, obviously they're gonna have more control and like and I think than than we would, and I think they're gonna do a better job in that regard for sure. That's why I say I think they're gonna do what Chelsea did, but just better. I think they're gonna have less mistakes in transition individually. They're gonna do a better job trying to break them down in saddle possession that we didn't do, and for sure I think they will be able to create chances. Um, through transitions with their oppress. I I just think they're just going to do a better job of what we tried to do. And we almost got through with that too, so. Alex, Alex I, yeah. b- before we finish, <laughs> I mean, if you want to add something to that, you can as well. But I actually wanted to ask you about the round of 16 uh, between Real Madrid and PSG. I'm not sure you caught the game, but I know you, you watched more leg in than us. Um, I found that Real Madrid were pretty open in the in allowing PSG to build. And I, I was actually pretty disappointed that Mbappe didn't kill off the game. Um, what do you think about that? Do you, don't you think they kind of... I'm not sure. They probably tightened it up against Chelsea to some extent, but it looked like they still conceded a lot of chances. Um, do you think Do you think that's going to be a bigger source of problem against a team like City that's going to be absolutely ruthless in how they build and create? I mean, I think we actually watched we watched the, those games and we discussed them on, on one of these pods. Um, by the way, <laughs> but I know we've done many of those pods. But yeah, I mean, we I did think, the first leg. But yeah, yeah. Oh right, right. My apologies. My apologies. Um, no, I, I did see the second one. Um, not at the time, but on replay. On replay. Um, yeah, I think part of it was just PSG also having a lot of individual errors. I mean, I think Real Madrid and and also to be fair to them, like Benzema had a really good game. Um, in terms of building, I mean, I don't really think there was that much special about, about what Real did in the second leg. I think it was literally one or two, maybe three exceptional individual performances that kind of gave them the sense that, oh, wow, what a comeback, which it is, which it is, but not, not from a sense that you feel very confident to the head of the second leg, right? And I think they scraped past Chelsea. I think I actually wanted to bring it forward just as maybe a flawed sort of question, but I mean... Because, you know, one, these two teams aren't that similar despite their similar philosophies. And two, it was one game. But, I mean, if we look at, what was it, Barcelona 5-1, 5-0? It was 4-1, 4-0? The one against Real? The 4-0. I mean, I I think we're going to see a lot of... Yeah, we're going to see a lot of the same sort of things where Real Madrid got really messed around by those rotations. um, Messed around by, like, the space that, that City players were... I mean, Barcelona players were... We're getting it behind and occupying, and sort of just how they they got torn apart, right? Obviously, it was an off day for for Real Madrid, but that's sort of what I'm expecting. I also think Real had a for that game. I I, 
I was a little disappointed that game because I think Real tried to do Benzema a tactical... Uh, yeah, sure, they were missing Benzema, and as a result, to compensate, they tried to do a tactical adjustment that just didn't make any sense. They played a weird 4-2-4 that I've never seen them play before um, yeah. to compensate for that. I think it was right. Fetty and Modric <laughs> as well at like those false was, line positions it with was like, Mod- Casemiro. It was Modric and Chris actually. Those were the two I think, guys. I thought Cruz was with Casemiro on the pivot, no? Or maybe, do you think both well, of those at times, were at times, you, at times he was pressing from the front. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, from, in the press, yeah. Okay, true, true. Yeah, I, I, regardless, I just think it was... The reason I didn't like that game is because I thought Barca could have won that game even without that, and I felt like it wouldn't wasn't accurate. Like It wasn't like the proper boxing match, essentially, that I wanted to see to see where Barca was really at engage um, between them relative to, to City. So I don't really think I would use that as an example against That's for, a, yeah. for the City game because I don't think, think Carlo's going to try to... like He almost did what the traditional pep big brain blah 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 tactics type thing was <laughs> overthinking it and and, and end up completely i saw no okay i saw that el clasco and i think it might have been a good example of what could go wrong for real madrid defensively i don't think it's a great example of how flat they were going forward because i think regardless of how they set up like this is one of the only teams i've ever seen where the individuals just seem to be on it every time and like they seem to just get it. They just seem to get chances. And I don't know. It, it feels like I don't think City will be as um, as vulnerable as Barca would be. But I think it's it's something to note that even though on paper I would say City are the comfortable favorites, and the sense I'm getting from you guys is that you agree, um, I would say that there's every chance that Real Madrid just have a couple of moments that steal the tie because they're that kind of team. I mean, what what I'm expecting is is in terms of like overall play, I think City are going to be dominant. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think Real Madrid are going to be going to be dangerous because they can build through. I mean, with whatever they're going to have, you know, they have Chris, they have Modric. This is a team that that I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them going through, and I think it'll purely come down. I don't. It's not going to come down to any Carlo masterclass. It's not going to come down to you know, keeping it tight and keeping City out and playing those sort of, those sort of, like, variances. It's going to be... Pep overthinking very much... 2K22? <laughs> I don't think Yeah! Uh, I, Aaron, if I'm being honest, I, I think I think I want to... I kind of agree with what you said, and it goes back to what you had said previously when talking about City and the reason why I don't think it'll happen. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too, like, arrogant or forward in, in how comfortable I am with City uh, winning this tie, and it's maybe because of what I saw against Chelsea and some spite, I guess, or resentment left over. But point being <laughs> that I think that... Um, I, I, I do think the reason that individual stuff quality won't necessarily come through is purely because of what you said, where I think they will just restrict them of opportunities of even having. They'll, they'll exi- I think this will be like a what we saw a few years ago where I think it was they came through 3-1 or something, where it's just the, the amount of control that they exert over the game will stop players. If you don't give Modric the ball, if you don't give Vinicius the ball, if you don't give Benzema the ball, they won't score. And yeah, I think that's why I'm trying to highlight the difference between what Chelsea did and what Real did. Uh, oh, sorry, what and what City will do. I just think that City will do the job to a higher level of efficiency and, 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 and I guess, refinement where they won't give them such opportunities to, to, to I think, have their I individual think in general, I mean, shine through. The thing is, though, is that, it, look, if you, if, if you have this, like, make it basketball and they play over seven ties, 
I'm taking City every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. But for sure. but the thing is, is though, is that Modric is still gonna get the ball at times. Yeah, yeah. Benzema's still gonna get. But they really have times. to be on it because they got the no, ball at times really, too that they didn't the score thing. against us. They, you know, but so if they have it even um, less. And they won. They won. But uh, but the thing okay, is, hold on, is that last yeah. they barely won. <laughs> they barely won. <laughs> but um, but the thing is though, is that these are the players that are on it. That that's my thing. I agree with you completely. Like in terms of. Are City going to be the better side? Like, if we look at it from a tactical or from an overall quality. Like, I don't think I'm going to come away from one of the matches thinking, wow, Real Madrid really, like, we're all over City. Okay, okay, okay. But, I think I think we're all in agreement, though, ultimately, that City are the favorites and Real Madrid have the quality to disrupt if they are given the chance to get into the tie. But for the most part, City are favorites. I think we're all kind of on that page. And with that... No, no, no. I'm going to be a little arrogant to say I, I, I think City... Okay, I, I think I think, I think the odds are stacked that, against yeah. Madrid. To be fair, I think they should have been eliminated twice already. To be honest, yeah. I think I mean, they I should agree with that. I, I don't think Chelsea should finish them, but I I, I, I won't write they... them off. I refuse to write them off at this stage. And uh, I think yeah, usually... I, I, I will. I'll do the hot take here and say that I will. Yes. Okay. <laughs> On that note, I think we're gonna wrap up for today. Uh, thank you so much, guys. This is always a blast, Mike. Thanks. No, of course. Thanks so much for letting me exert my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and cheers, Alex. Um, yeah, it's getting late it's at night for you, be... so I'll let you get some sleep. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. And please don't forget to subscribe to the Football Per 90 podcast. We got lots of these coming for you in the coming weeks. Um, Twitter is usually the best place to find us at Football Per 90, but we're also on all podcast platforms. So stay tuned and have a great week.